yeah, it's cool. And then it sets the stage for the rest of our lives <laughs> to, to <laughs> never be grateful. a little side trip. This is the Creative Double Shot, a conversation about building the creative life you want. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Ginger. If you want more creativity in your life, let's talk. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Creative Double Shot. Welcome. Today, <laughs> every time, today we're talking about gratitude, which no one has ever heard of before. Um, but we figured since we're recording this on Thanksgiving weekend, and it seemed like a good time to maybe, I don't want to say explore, but visit, let's visit gratitude. Hello, gratitude. How are you? Come in, um, Earl Grey. <laughs> I guess we're serving gratitude tea, which is awesome. <laughs> But yeah, so we were talking when we were working through this episode, we were talking about the idea that gratitude is super overused, um, almost to the point of probably losing meaning for a lot of people. You get tired of hearing about it, just like mindfulness or some of the other stuff that we've also talked about uh, on various episodes. But the idea is that there's still a kernel of truth in there, right? Yes. And uh, maybe some of the other reasons we're resistant to the term gratitude is because we think about uh, being a kid and, oh, you're so ungrateful. Don't be greedy. There are kids starving in somewhere. So yes. eat, eat your food that you hate. <laughs> yeah, there's a judgy. There's a judgy component a little bit with the word, gra or can be with the word yeah. gratitude. Uh, actually, not, not judgy is the wrong word. Shame yeah. is the wrong word. It taps into a. A shame spiral. Well, if someone calls you ungrateful, they're <laughs> right. judging you. And they're shaming you. <laughs> That's right. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we were thinking that maybe a, a if, if that doesn't sit well with you, if the term gratitude seems whatever, overused and all that kind of stuff, then maybe a better term could be appreciation um, or like whatever that. you want to, to call it. You can call it Fred. <laughs> um, Pippi. Pippi. Pippi's a good thing. <laughs> ah, Pippi gratitude stocking. Um, I'm not sure why I spoke in that weird accent, but uh, here we are. So, yeah, the idea that a lot of times we spend our time focusing on things that aren't. So mm. we're like, oh, man, I, you know, I was bringing up the metaphor of, well, or the analog, it really is not a metaphor <laughs> of looking in the cupboard and you have a lot of food in there, but it's nothing that you want to eat. And you're just like, ah, I don't, I want, let's go, let's get pizza. You know, right. I want something I don't have versus, oh, well, look, we have, we have probably a hundred thousand calories worth of food in our. In dried beans. In dry. <laughs> what can we, <laughs> what can we make that's tasty with dried beans and lettuce? Cause that's what's in our <laughs> fridge. Um. Actually, it's not the lettuce is rotted, no. <laughs> but the idea that uh, we're focusing on things we don't have versus things that we actually do. And, and we tend to do this in life too, right? Where we'll focus on, oh, I had this amazing experience down in Disney World for a week, but remember that time that Goofy was really mean to us and, and he smacked me on the back of the head? That's all I can focus on is that, that bad thing. Or again, the things that we don't have. And I'm reminded of a lovely Uncle Tupelo song called, I Got Drunk. Mm. And then, uh, but the, I, like the first line is uh, something about I grabbed a fifth and I poured me a shot and I think about all the things that I haven't got. And um. that line has always struck me and I never thought of it in this context before, but yeah, so here you are. It's like, oh, all I do is I think about all the things I don't have and I get bitter 
I get angry. I get scared. Lack mindset. Yeah. Yeah. And as a former mental health counselor, I'm realizing now that uh, I had read something about seven-year-olds when our child was seven, and there tended to be a, a focus on what the lack part of it, and I was taking it a little personally at the time, and, uh-huh. and you said, why don't you look up like what seven-year-olds tend to do or whatever, <laughs> and I did, and I was shocked that... That's a that's a thing. That's a developmental thing, right, right? right? It's not a personal thing. So, but I think perhaps that's a formative thing that happens. So, a lot of us, when we're seven, that's when we're most likely to grumble about the fact that we're having something for dinner that we don't really like, and that's when our parents are most likely to say, <laughs> "Why aren't you grateful for what you have?" And then we get shamed and sort of stuck in that. Yeah, it's cool. And then it sets the stage for the rest of our lives <laughs> to, to <laughs> never be grateful. a little side trip into our, you know, psychological... Yeah. Uh, Underpinnings. Underpinnings. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, it's, it's a, an interesting phenomenon and we do it all the time. And we're kind of taught to do it too. If, if you're in society, you know, when you think about marketing messaging, it's always, well, what you have is okay, but do you have the latest one? What you have is okay, but it could be better. And, uh, and while that is true, the question is to what degree better does it have to be to really change your life in any measurable way? And the answer is it has to be pretty damn amazingly better right. and different. You know, um, I think about cars and you know, if you cycle through cars every year, or do a three-year lease period or whatever, you, like what are you really getting? It's like, well, I, I look at mountain bikes a lot and you know, of course, who wouldn't want a brand new mountain bike if you're into mountain biking? Even if you're not, it'd be a lovely art piece. <laughs> um, but when I start looking at it, it's like, oh man, it's got this, 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 and this. And it's like, oh, well, check it out though. It doesn't have, like they've upgraded this part, but they've downgraded all these other parts to be able to do that and still offer it at the same price point. So it's, it's really kind of a zero-sum game of what you're getting. Um, and the reality is like with most things in life, it's if you go, well, look at my bike. I'm going to clean it up. I'm going to service it. It's going to work great. Um, unless, you know, unless it's broken, there's not an issue there. It's just a matter of actually using it. Yes. Because no matter, I think we talked about this last time, no matter how awesome something is, especially like on, from a mountain bike, you still have to pedal it. Yeah. It's not going to, it's not going to do your work for you. And I think that goes bringing it all the way back around, you know, to the creative practice, you know, having the gratitude for things that you do have, like I have space, I have time. And so that's all the stuff that we kind of have wrapped up in gratitude, right? The good, the bad, um, and how we tend to not be grateful or appreciative of the things that we do have. And, you know, and, and it can also fall in line with like success too, right? If you can enjoy the process, then whatever happens after that is going to be it's gravy. It's gravy. And who yes. doesn't love gravy? Speaking of Thanksgiving. And totally getting focused on the next thing, you know, mm-hmm. and if something happens, and especially as a professional artist, I feel like something good happens, and I appreciate it for a second, and then I go, all right, this is a sign that everything's changing, it's going to, you know, like, right. whatever. And immediately my mind goes to the future instead of really sitting with that good feeling. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty interesting too, because so, say you reach a level of success that you imagine and it makes you excited. Once you reach that level, 
you still have to do the work, right? It's not like, oh, I'm on easy street now, right. you know, because again, we're two things. We're taught to want more, but also I think it's human nature to want to continue to improve and evolve and keep things interesting. It's a neat thing to consider. You get in there and you're just like, okay, well, for me, how do I maintain a contentedness with where I am and with the things that I'm either working on or the space or the time or just the conditions of your creative practice, right? Yes. How do you? Do you have a, the uh, answer? I do. It's um, <laughs> mostly beer. No, <laughs> beer's nice. Um, I think it goes back to a lot of the things that we've said in previous episodes, you know, where it's like, okay, instead of wanting things that you don't have, it's like, well, what do I have? What am I working on right now? How do I want what I have? Well, exactly, exactly. And yeah. I, I, I use that word contentedness, and I think that's a big part of it. And it's not like some people I think would take contentedness in the same way they would think of settling. Just because you're happy with the things that you have and the place that you are doesn't mean that you don't want to have a, an upward trajectory. Yeah, right. growth trajectory is probably a better right. way to put it. But what it means is that you get to stop wanting, you get to stop worrying about the stuff that's in the future or that, well, it's in the future for the most part, because if you don't have something, you hope to get it. So that's in the future, mm-hmm. whether it's success, material goods or whatever. And you get to focus on your work at the, the moment. And the job is, okay, well, how do I enjoy the work at the moment? And, and I think some of the things that, that I lean on in my practice, which what was the thing that got me excited in the first place? You know, all that, all that stuff. So that's a big one. And I think the other one is what I'm doing right now. So I'm concepting a new novel. I'm conceiving a new novel. Don't tell anybody. Um, and as I'm going through it, I get to these points. I'm like, oh, you know, the, the shine is worn off on that idea. Um, so maybe it's not a good idea. And it's like, I have to remind myself that that's part of the process. It's okay to not be super stoked on it all the time. But the way to get, to get excited again about it is the idea of, digging back in and working through concepts and, and really like the doing of the work is what lets that stuff come out. For me, a lot of times it's world building. If I'm not sure of a character's motivation, then I'll turn back to the world building and flesh that out more because a lot of times that reveals clues about what kind of pressures might be on a character, um, what kind of uh, goals they might have, what kinds of things, you know, whether they want to stop something or make something happen. And it's really cool because it's actually this positive feedback loop. Work on the world building, work on the characters, work on the characters, work on the world building. Mm. And it kind of, and being okay with it, not, I, I realized how long it took me to get to my last novel, my, this is my current novel, but to get to the point where I really felt super rock solid about the concept and the characters and all. And literally it was probably well over a year. And so what I'm trying to do now to be content is to like go, oh, this is part of the process and it's fun. And it, and it really actually is fun because I can draw inspiration from a lot of different sources. Yeah. And I think there's a, there's sort of a human, I just recognized as you were talking that when I finish a group of work, then I'm like, okay, I immediately need to get into that part of my new body of exactly, work. Exactly. Yes. You know, yeah. You, and it's because you think, well, I'm going to use all that experience I did I got using that, doing that series, and now I can apply that, you know, instead of recognizing those parts of the 
and being grateful for them. You know, I feel like <sighs> I feel like what the experience, my previous experience that has come before has helped me with isn't so much how exactly to do something so much as how to recognize where I am in the process. Mm-hmm. And that has been so freeing because it's like, oh, right. And to your point, it's like, it's going to take me probably another three years to get to that point with this book. I mean, give or take a year, I don't know, <laughs> right. but to get to that point. So instead of wishing you were there, don't forget to really make it fun and exciting now. Yes. And so I think that's a I don't think of it in terms of gratitude or appreciation as much as more like acceptance. It's okay. No one's judging me because I don't have three books coming out a year or something like that. Well, I've been waiting. <laughs> no. <laughs> Daggone it. Well, and I just, I was reading uh, uh, an interview with uh, Betsy Walheim, who is part owner of Daw Books. Um, she took over the company from her father in the 80s and um, really turned it around. But anyway, she was talking about this one author who writes a book every three or four years. And one of the things that, that Daw does is they print a lot of longer form stuff because they, she believes that the books are the length they need to be, you know. Mm. And it's not that they don't edit them or anything, but, but I thought about that. And it's like, right, there are a million ways to do this. And I think I fixate a lot of times on, well, oh, I see my favorite authors cranking stuff out left and right. And it's like, well, yeah, but that doesn't mean that you have to do it that way. And there are plenty of authors who don't. And so that helps me kind of stay in the now. And Yeah, um, it's the good old productivity mm-hmm. mindset that you, yeah. And I'm having the same experience with, uh, since I'm working on a new series, it's interesting that we're working on new things at the same time. Yeah. I'm not sure, even though we've had these conversations for years, we've never really Been in the- focused it so much as we do making these, oh, talking yeah. about the podcast, you know? Yeah. So I will say that I'm grateful for the podcast. 100%. For doing that, for kind of focusing us. But I'm working on a new one now too. And I found myself going through that typical place that you get when you've got some super excitement and then you start getting the ideas down. And then you have a real down, whether it's a physical yeah. down thing or I'm not sure what, but it's like, oh, you know what? This idea is kind of stupid. Who is going to want to see this? You know, what, what meaning is it going to have for anyone else? Blah, blah, blah. And usually at that point, that's when I go, okay, I need to experiment with a new technique <laughs> right. or, yeah, you know, I sure. need to run as far as possible from this because my ego is screaming, yes, you're, you're going to fail or whatever. And so... This time, this week, I sat with that uncomfortable feeling and I went, you know what? I'm going to look back through some of the notes I've taken. Mm. And I just flipped through a little book of little sketches and stuff like that and asked myself why I started this in the first place and, and had some revelations about, oh, yeah, actually, this does have meaning for me. And that's what's important. And so I was grateful for. Having written down the ideas when I was feeling good about it, <laughs> yeah, to refer to when I wasn't feeling as good about it. And the thing is, it seems like when you feel really, really good, you want that feeling to last. And then when you don't, when it doesn't, you become very disappointed and disillusioned. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's well, what it feels well, like. Well, then right? I was thinking, but when it feels bad, you think it's going to last forever. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's some, yeah. 
No, that is that the thing you want to last forever doesn't, and the thing you're <laughs> you don't like you're afraid is going to last forever. Yes, right? and so it's and a weird... both of them come back to if you just were experiencing and accepting in the moment, you would have everything you need. But that's, right. that's such a practice. It's true, and and I think you mentioned like going into your journals for a little bit of that inspiration. I think sometimes that's that's all we need is like a. a either revisiting a perspective or getting a new perspective. I think one of the things that I like to do when I do feel kind of stuck and bored with a thing, it's like, all right, well, time to research or, you know, read some of my favorite writing books, reread them and, and just kind of get, remember, using that as a way to remember just why I like writing, period, not necessarily writing this particular thing. And if you, if you look at the long term, you know, you can convince yourself that nothing that you do matters. But in some ways, you can look at it. You can look at that from a slightly different angle, where because it doesn't matter, you shouldn't let it suck the life out of you. And you know, I, one of the things we talked about as we were getting ready for this too is the idea that a lot of our crises that we have, especially in the modern world, um, is that they're not real problems, right? They're not matters of survival. They're somewhat more existential. And if you can take a step back and kind of look at it from that standpoint, you're like, oh. Well, <laughs> Why am I all tied in knots about this thing that A, no one's ever seen, B, no one knows exists, and, <laughs> and C, isn't even done yet or close to being done when I can just get in there and, and, uh, and explore? Because I think that's the part that really gets us fired up is that when the wheels get turning in our head, maybe we hit the flow state, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and that's why we keep returning to it again and again. You mentioned remembering. I think remembering is another good word for this. Gratitude, appreciation, remembering yeah. to be in the moment or whatever, you know. Yeah, I think that's, that's great. Yeah. We can talk about a few things that we're specifically grateful for at this point in our day, in our lives, in our creative practice. I mean, you know, there's a, I think we could do like a four-hour episode on this probably pretty oh, easily, yes. but uh, we'll, we'll try and keep it limited. Is there anything you want to lead off with? Well, certainly I'm extremely appreciative of my practice that I can come back to. And it's not always a comfort, you know, I mean, there's, sure. a, there's a lot that happens within that, but just the ability to have a creative practice and to have, you know, designed a life that has that. I think uh, I'm very grateful for the ability to be able to do that. Absolutely. I, I would agree hundred percent with that. I think uh, I'm also along those lines just thankful for um, having the awareness to kind of get in there and not only have it be about creating a thing, but also a little bit of self-discovery in there, uh, a broader way of looking at the world uh, through this creative practice lens and how it really expands way beyond just the creative practice. And uh, I guess maybe if I had to sum it up, I would say that the curiosity inherent in the creative practice that you can bring to the, the larger world, which makes the world a lot more interesting and also as opposed to being afraid of it or being, being afraid of things you don't know, um, all that kind of stuff. So I would say, if I had to distill it, I would say just the curiosity that I feel like uh, creative practices really help bring out in me more so than ever before. Yes. I think another thing that we both would say we're grateful for would be this podcast. Yes. It's been real. We've been talking on car drives and as opposed to other kind of drives that we do, <laughs> <laughs> snowmobile drives. But we talk when we drive, of course, and, and we realize how much 
talking about these things has really helped cement things for us in our creative practice because it gives us, I don't want to say a framework because it should be pretty loosey-goosey because it, it needs to be whatever it is, whatever works for you. But being a little more aware and intentional about things as a result of discussing this stuff and realizing what's important to us, it's just been glorious having this opportunity. And I get to spend time with you, which is awesome. Uh-huh. And I'm thankful for, for that and yes. being able to have a relationship that allows us to, to do this. So Yeah. Yeah. And listening to the podcast, I mean, I, I, I certainly appreciate all of our listeners, but I am not just the podcast co-host. I am also a listener. I'm also a client. <laughs> <laughs> Size sprawling, hair club for men. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that's cool. You know, I do the editing of the podcast, so I don't really listen to them in their finished product. And I love getting to hear about them from you and from our other listeners too. So that is really cool. And yeah, thank you all for whoever you might be out there who's downloading and listening to pieces, parts, or all of them. Uh, Keep it up and feel free to share this with anybody. We encourage that as much as humanly possible. And uh, that's all we have for this episode of the Creative Double Shot. So we'll see you next time on (laughs) the Creative Double Double Shot. Shot. (laughs) See ya. (laughs) 